the main benefit of a McLean plane is that I can keep sticking a fiver on him to get a yellow card. And it happens every time. <laughs> I saw him. He, lo- he lost the ball yesterday and it re- he was denied a free kick. And I saw him tracking back and I was thinking, lovely, because he's angry now and he's definitely sliding into someone here. And he did about five seconds later. So. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the Football Spin. It's Football Spin on a Friday morning. Ah, Friday morning after a pretty tough Thursday evening. I won't lie. I'm not going to try and I'm not going to try and dress this up, Conan Doherty, Rudy Kinsler, to something that it isn't. That was a fucking bitter, bitter pill to swallow last night. And like Ireland performing heroically, moral victories. Where we're over moral victories now, and there was that sense definitely that. We as a nation, we deserve this more than Slovakia. That like, okay, Slovakia, everybody could do with a win now. But we, Ireland, we really could do with a win. And like, yeah, everybody's dealing with coronavirus, but we're dealing with coronavirus. And the national football team, which is, as has has done so many times in the past, is it lifts our spirits. Um, And so for that reason, we're all feeling, well, I personally feel very hard done by today. Um, but let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can, let's see if we can put any, you know, positive spin on what we saw last night. Conan Doherty, that's three games in charge for Stephen Kenny. Um, right. Okay. Let's start with just say, first of all, how do you think he's done and and how, how do you think the game panned out last night? Um, well, can we give him two full camps before we'd start thinking about how he's done? Like he's only had three games. He's had two days of this second camp. It's obviously way better than what it was. <laughs> you know, like you said so many times, the country has lifted the, the nation's spirits, but so many times it's absolutely flattened the nation's spirits as well. Like, you and I could pick out the four or five moments over the last 20 years where we were feeling 10 feet tall walking into work the next day. Like, four or five moments. Like, if you go through the the list, like, remember uh, Jose Mourinho's famous one, Football Heritage? We're going to talk about Football Heritage here. 2004 didn't qualify, 2006 didn't qualify, 2008 didn't qualify, 2010 didn't qualify, 12 worst team at the Euros, 14 didn't qualify, 16 did quite well, 18 lost 5-1 to Denmark, 2020 Mick McCarthy did not qualify, Stephen Kenny got a shot to nothing here with one game and we dominated, we deserved to win, Like I can't remember a time that Ireland didn't win. Well, not often, where you're thinking, Jesus, we really should have won there. Maybe Spain in 2002. Um, but most of the time, this is probably how other teams feel now. Like Slovakia, the way we feel about Slovakia now, where it's like, what? What What the hell, what the hell did they offer last night? They didn't do anything, and they're through. Like, that's probably how every other team has experienced Ireland over the last few years when we have gone through or beaten them. Um, and it's, look... I'm not going to get too carried away with Stephen Kenny as well, but I think it's obviously better, and I think he's definitely the right man for the job, and any questions over him is bizarre. I'm just really, really flattened because I saw Northern Ireland went through last night, and if you look at their team, 
It is pathetic. Like, Paddy McNair is playing number 10 for them. Paddy McNair. Like, their team is disgusting. There, there's no vaccine for that team. And if you if you go into a playoff, a one-off playoff in Windsor Park, Ireland would have railroaded them. Happy to see Northern Ireland do well, but not at the expense of the Republic. And that was a big chance to get into the I will, Hang on, not at the expense of the Republic. They, didn't, they, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't done... They're not benefiting at our expense. If they knocked us out, yes. And if, if it was... If it was Northern Ireland we were playing last night and we had dominated them like we dominated Slovakia, then maybe. Um, the Norths are through, though. you you got to give them their due. They're, they went to Bosnia, a team that, let's be honest, well, you saw that that Nations League table, that hilarious Nations League table, because just to remind you all, Bosnia finished top of Northern Ireland's Nations League table with three wins out of four and 10 points, and Northern Ireland finished bottom of that table with no wins and no points. And in the Nations League logic Northern Ireland then go on to beat the team that topped that table given given their 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 league position in the Nations League they go on and beat that team on penalties in Bosnia I mean it's a feckin metaphor for 2020 right there <laughs> that is what that win for sorry I I to to be fair to Northern Ireland they're they're understandably delighted today just like the Scots were uh, and we're in the down in the dumps because Despite any spin you can put on it, we're not going to the Euros, Conor. That, well, that's it, and I don't want to turn this into a Northern Ireland issue, but I'm just looking at it like a four-team cup here now to go through. One team's going through. Northern Ireland are not the team to be sending through. Like, you know, obviously, they're not to blame for us, but they are going in our place now to the Euros. I can't look at that's Slovakia. Let's be honest. These are the dregs of European football. This was the kind of... <laughs> this was the, like, you know... Uh, like as as people pointed out, like how many more chances are you going to get to qualify for the Euros? This is not on Stephen Kenny. I agree with you there, but Rudy, like you know, we can look at last night and say that we've seen progress. But where does that put where? Like when we like we know kind of where we were, which was pr- playing pretty awful football, and we know we've seen a bit of progress. So, like, h- how good are Ireland now? Like, or what? What can we expect in the future? I think things are only going to get better from now. I think it's just such a shame that already now the fans are kind of divided. Like you saw online, there was a bit of a, a backlash to Stephen Kenny last night already. Like, And it's such a shame because it would it would take such a load off his, his back if we went into the next campaign and everyone, everyone was behind him and thought, yeah, he's doing something right there. But the fact that already after three games, people are saying, ah, shite, no difference to the last lad and stuff. It's just such an immediate pressure on his back. And the last thing, that's the last thing he needs, a bit of added pressure. Now, I do think it's clear that we are better than we were. Like, even just as simple as if you watch the highlights that go on YouTube, we didn't used to have highlights in any game. The highlights that Ireland used to have was the three <laughs> corners we had in the last 20 minutes. And maybe chained up, you might get his head on one of them. It would go over or in or wide. We actually were carving out chances, creating chances. Like, it was strange. Enda Stevens was playing as like a like a bit of a playmaker from left back in the second half. Like two attacking fullbacks we started with last night. That's insane. That is so so foreign to Ireland. Like I saw it was the, a tweet doing the rounds on Twitter yesterday was that RT were able to actually analyze the game for a bit yesterday. Which if you need any evidence that we've come on a bit, there it is. They could talk about football for ten minutes instead of the FAI and all that sort of nonsense. <laughs> like, there actually was a bit of football. There were, like, patterns of play and tactics to look at, which is just such a refreshing change to what used to be just stay in it for 80 minutes and then 
say a prayer and cross your fingers for the last 10, which was the tactics for the past 10 years before that. So. Tell, tell me, this party though, because obviously I think the argument for Stephen Kenny is very obvious. Like we're, we're way better than what we were. Um, what's the argument against them? And I'm playing devil's advocate here, but the argument that I've seen, not against, it's not necessarily against Stephen Kenny, but I suppose you can distill it down to people saying that Mick McCarthy should have been playing these playoffs. I've seen that one offered as but, but why? Is, this should have been Mick McCarthy's playoff. Because he's more experienced than but throwing Stephen Kenny in at this stage is a baptism of fire. And it <laughs> like, is. It is a baptism this, of fire. This is like, we can go through the arguments maybe and break them all down one by one. But the idea, like John Delaney and all his wisdom decided as well that Mick McCarthy should have the Euros first. You know, and Stephen Kenny can sit back and, and watch a master at work and learn from him. Mick McCarthy guided a team to score seven goals in eight games, two of which were against Gibraltar. They got three wins, two of which were against Gibraltar. Like... Like Mick McCurphy does not deserve that playoff. He had a chance to qualify and he failed. Like we know Martin O'Neill coming last in the Nations League is the reason we're in this playoff. So Mick McCurphy doesn't deserve it. And McCurphy's experience, I think what people put that down to is somebody who can keep it tight and you know they can like not, not do anything stupid. Ireland kept a clean sheet last night. Like that's exactly what I think Mick McCurphy and Martin O'Neill are supposed to bring. Clean sheets, keeping it tight. Only this time the whole game plan wasn't designed around keeping a clean sheet. We kept a clean sheet and we just happened to dominate the other side and should have scored. We could have scored a few and won comfortably, but we, we didn't. Yeah, like it is kind of, uh, just to, to make one point about penalties in general, all it would have taken was, you know, if Matt Doherty and Brown scored at penalties, the whole conversation would be so different today. Like it would have been that we 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 won. Like it wouldn't, no one would have talked about like, you know, the old managers or anything like that because it would have just been that we won that's all people would have cared about same way in the past people didn't care about the football we played on if we won that was all that mattered whereas last night we would have been able to celebrate a win which we so very nearly got while also deserving a win like it's so i i think you'd be going back to the euros like four years ago when the last time you really thought oh yeah we we were worth that win there like and it, it was a good feeling watching now uh, you constantly have that horrible feeling in your stomach when you're watching Ireland because of the nerves but it actually felt nice watching it like it was there was none of that expecting it to be a draw with 10 minutes to go it just so happened to be a draw but that wasn't what we were going for we were trying to win Alright we can talk about Stephen Kenny and the arguments for and against and all that and a lot of them do seem a bit ludicrous but they're worth examining um, before that you mentioned the patterns of play Rudy I think it's worth us talking a wee bit about that because like it is exciting to see an Irish team do something different to every other team that we can remember seeing play. Like this isn't like an Irish team. The high press was like, wow, just like I've seen in the Premier League. This is amazing. I see Irish players doing what Premier League players do. Hang on, they're all Premier League players, so that's probably not going to be too alien to them. Jeff Hendrick for me last night, I don't know how you felt, but like it was the first time I saw a function for Jeff Hendrick for in an Ireland team where you're like, ah, this is what Jeff Hendrick does, not disappear for an entire game and you were asking the question, like, where is Jeff Hendrick? Is Jeff Hendrick playing? What's he doing in the game? Last night we saw Jeff Hendrick tying the game together. He was still doing things that can frustrate, as in uh, giving the ball away, but in general you could see a real reason and function and role for Jeff Hendrick in this team in, you know, tying moves together, linking up with McGoldrick really effectively, linking up with uh, Robinson, especially in the first half. So in terms of this new system, 
what kind of who are the players that we are going to who are the players we are going to rely upon going forward? I think the people were that are going to benefit most from this system are anyone with like an attacking mind. So that is like realistically, it's the two fullbacks. I don't know what the crack with Coleman is because he's having a great season. So how they're going to sort things out with himself and Doherty. But if it is Doherty and Stevens, they'll both benefit massively. Coleman will also benefit if he plays. Like Howrahan in the midfield was clearly enjoying it last night. He was kind of like constantly looking forward. Now, I know he missed that sitter and that'll probably be, be what people remember. But he was always looking forward and trying to like pass it through the lines. Robertson was shown, Robertson was shown short to feet like while McGoldrick was kind of going a bit longer. And I do think anyone who plays up front in that system is going to really benefit because they're getting the ball to feet and turning and then trying to go at the defence. Whereas in the Ireland of old, the ball was bypassing them. It was being just put behind the other team's defence and then seeing if they'd knock it out of play for a throw-in or a corner or whatever. Whereas now, like, it's getting to people's feet. Like, it's such a shame. And I know the Slovakians had their own COVID issues, but it's such a shame we didn't have Connolly to bring on in the last 25 minutes last night because he would have made such a difference. Like, you could see they were tiring. They were kind of hanging on. And just that bit of pace, and he's so quick. Same with Adamita, the two of them. What like so unlucky that it was those two in particular. But that bit of pace to come on would have been so, so beneficial. And I do think all those and especially they know Stephen Kenny as well, they're gonna have they're gonna be really happy as long as he's in charge. Conan, um David McGoldrick obviously was someone that really stood out last night. He he's just he's a Rolls Royce footballer. Like everything, the ball just sticks to him. I saw people like asking that question last night, which is like, how has this man not got eighty caps for Ireland? Which is a frustrating question because like we kind of know the answer, we know why he hasn't, um, and there's lots of reasons for that. It's the same question that was asked of Wes Hoolahan. It'll probably be the same question that's asked about Jack Byrne in ten years. How come he hasn't eighty caps for Ireland when he's like tearing up um, the field for Ireland um, at the international level? Um, McGoldrick obviously stood out. What else? What else are we looking at here in terms of this Irish team? In terms of the players that we're going to build this team around? Yeah, like, McGoldrick's actually an interesting one. Like, I know he's a bit older anyway, but you say he's Rolls Royce. He's, he's class. He, he just brings that touch of class. I saw Rudy tweeting last night saying, um, "What was it? It's a shame he's not a centre defensive midfielder. It's a, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame that McGoldrick is a striker because he's the best midfielder we've produced in years. <laughs> yeah. he is. And he does like to play in midfield a lot. To be fair, and, and and there is a bit of an issue with him. Like, so it was actually class last night. He just seemed to come about seventy minutes into the game. He, he realised. Ah, international football, shit. I just want to go to the Euros. Like, everybody <laughs> follow me. And they just started controlling the match and, like, just putting Slovakia. Like, they had their heads spinning. Like, you know, he just, he just looked a cut above everybody else. But there is an issue where I'm wondering if, if you're talking about going forward, yeah, I think he needs players around him a bit more. So I don't know how much a 4 3 3 suits him. And I don't want to talk about it. I actually don't like that argument of players playing in their Premier League system and stuff like that. You know, like they can play in different formations, especially for different teams. But I think McGoldrick, if you're going to play him, you, you need something more narrow, like a like a Christmas tree formation or have more attacking midfielders around him. Maybe that's what Kenny's trying to do with the fullbacks going forward. But it's almost a shame having McGoldrick there because he's not playing off as many people as he'd like. Like him and Robinson always link up well. But a lot of the times we're asking Robinson to go out wide. And then a lot of the times McGoldrick, as Rudy pointed out, will drop deep. That's leaving a 
probably too much of a vacant space up top then as well with nobody filling it so if you are going to build it around him and maybe you don't because what is he 32 you just need to sort of tweak the system a little bit but Stephen Kenny's a 4-3-3 man um and like yeah like the, the signs are all positive like I, I wondered should we have brought on Jack Byrne last night but but the players that he brought on did well Brown did well Odoida did well um like a part of me was thinking like at one stage like Jesus Kenny should really play Jack Byrne now anyway so he can get a Premier League move and then he can play Jack Byrne every week without, without anybody questioning it um and Jack Byrne's only 24 so like you know he could be somebody who you're talking about like if he ends up going back over to England doing really well suddenly we start bringing him back into the Ireland folds at 28 and it's like how does this guy have nine caps and it's like that's that's the problem like these boys these boys are good footballers the same token, you know, I'm always going to mention Jack Grealish when I'm on this show. But Gareth Southgate is forced to play Jack Grealish last night. Wouldn't have had him in the squad, but for injury. And geez, look at that. Jack Grealish is your best player. It's like these managers need to decide that for themselves. Stephen Kenny will do that. And I can't fault him for not bringing on Jack Byrne last night because they dominated the match and the boys they did bring on did well. I do, uh, just on the topic of Jack Byrne, I do think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be quick to... to call out Stephen Kenny's substitutions but just given the fact that it did look like it was going to penalties Jack Byrne does take a particularly good penalty and I was kind of thinking this is made for him like like I was even saying it to I was watching it with two of my mates yesterday and I was even saying it to them I was saying it, like if you're someone who's used to taking penalties especially with the empty stadium that pressure kind of and Jack Byrne doesn't even seem like the type to really feel pressure but that pressure will go away like say for example I was thinking, will, will Shane Long step up and hit one? Like, will Brady hit one? Like, these lads don't take penalties for their clubs. Like, I haven't seen most... Like, Matt Doherty, I've never seen take a penalty in my life. Whereas Jack Byrne, I know it is for Rovers, but it's still 12 yards out, and he takes them all the time. Like, it's... And I, it just seemed like a, a, a missed trick, and it would have been such a great story. Like, League of Ireland lad comes on, scores a winning penalty. Like, it would have been just... But, I mean... Some things are too good to be true, I guess. Okay, so just a, uh, we'll come back to Kenny, but quick word on James McLean. Uh, there was obviously lots of people throwing their eyes up to heaven when McLean's name was was picked on uh, Kenny's team. Uh, one journalist I saw, I think it was David Snade, saying that he'd predicted it, but then, of course, it wasn't tactical. It was down to the fact that Connolly and Ida had a close contact. But James McLean did what he does, which he gave 100%. But it's fair to say, to my mind, like Ireland improved so much when him and McCarthy went off. Um, I, I thought Brown and Brady like really balanced up the team, and suddenly like it just clicked. You know, I mean, they weren't bad in the first half, but as an attacking force, we are better, and we we were better last night, and will be a lot better going forward without James McLean in the team. Fair. Yeah, like I, I was one of the, the people rolling their, their eyes up into the sky when I saw him playing, especially when you have Connolly. We didn't realise at the time what was going on. But um, yeah, and one of the things I was thinking is like, oh, you know, McLean's best campaign was the 2018 qualifying campaign. It's like, that's three years ago now. We can't be relying on that. But if it wasn't for James McLean, we would have been 1-0 down after 90 seconds. And it's very easy for people to say you know oh he's running well done I would do that if I was playing but people don't do that like it's not a coincidence that it's always James McLean like if, if Connolly plays that game and not not to call him lazy or anything but th- that that run isn't covered 
McConley's probably in a different position. McLean is just sniffing that out. He's like as soon as Erdogan loses the ball from a corner, he's thinking, "What's going on here in defence?" And he's gone back to save it. It's not a it's not a thing to build on going forward. But if it wasn't for McLean, we're one 0 down because of sloppy sloppy play. You're losing the ball in the corner and just people not being switched on. McLean switched on. Everybody says he would do it, but he's the only one that always seems to do it. Um, but you're right. Like you know, going forward, I, I think I wouldn't write off McCarthy. Um, just yet I think he's our best holding player maybe in a game against Slovakia like that's where Hurrahan can come in he's done that for Villa a few times played in that holding role against weaker teams who are going to dominate and you're right Alan Brown came on and did better I think McCarthy will have a role going forward as well because hopefully we'll be playing teams of, of better quality as we progress the main benefit of uh, McLean playing is that I can keep sticking a fiver on him to get a yellow card <laughs> And it happens every time. <laughs> I saw him. He, lo- he lost the ball yesterday, and it re- he was denied a free kick. And I saw him tracking back, and I was thinking, lovely, because he's angry now, and he's definitely sliding into someone here. And he did about five seconds later. So. <laughs> Kinsella's millions banked off James McLean's disciplinary record. <laughs> <His temper. laughs> um, go on, Rudy. Yeah, I saw that you that he'd come good again for you last night, and I was pleased. Um, so look, let's move it on then to probably where we started which is back to Stephen Kenny and it became the the hot topic on the panel last night in RTE and it, look at it, it was nice it was nice to have some analysis last night after last month when Sky had like this strange studio setup where they watch one game and analyze another it was so so disconcerting but anyway so we had the lads last night we Kevin Doyle and Sadler who I think are really good together actually they're a really good combination they bring different things um, and we had Dara Maloney as the anchor. And Dara put to the lads, on, he put to Sadlier on more than one occasion, the, this this kind of, would say, internet opinion, which is that Stephen Kenny isn't up to the job. Stephen Kenny doesn't have the backing of the players or doesn't have the faith of the players. We're not seeing this attacking football that Stephen Kenny promised us. And like, it's already clear signs that um that it isn't it isn't going to work out and it's fair enough i think conan from a presenter's point of view and i know a lot of people last night were like darren maloney's gone too far but isn't that isn't a presenter supposed to put across a different point of view like what i'm doing right now conan like yeah are you, are you trying to needle <laughs> me like dara was needling richie sattler um I would say to a point, like he was okay to ask the question initially, or like, you know, what what do you think of the criticism for Stephen Kenny? Because obviously that's a good talking point. It's what we're talking about today. But he was pushing back on him three or four times to the point that it wasn't even about balance anymore. Like RTE do seem to have this thing about balance, but it was like he was really just trying to peddle the shit that any Tom, Dick and Harry thought, the first thought in their head. He was saying, but people are saying this. And it's like, yes, Dara, people say a lot of things. Like, we don't need to push it so aggressively on primetime TV. You know, and I was actually just thinking, thank God Richie Sadler was there, because that was too too important a topic for Richie Sadler not to be there. I think another pundit, Richie Sadler's strong and he, he's reasonable and he thinks very logically and very clearly on the spot. Another pundit there, I think even if I was there, you, you would buckle a little bit under that pressure from the presenter. Like, you would compromise your, your beliefs where you would say... Yeah, you know, maybe maybe you are right a little bit, Dara, um, but I can see what, what Stephen Kenny's trying to do. Suddenly today, we have a lot more idiots running around the island thinking Stephen Kenny's not up to the job after three games. Like, all Dara has to do is watch the evidence in front of him. Like, the, 
<laughs> Ireland are clearly better, and they're like they're clearly like they're, they're, not, they're not winning. It's the same result as any other time. So having Stephen Kenny there and playing better is no impact on that. And all he has to do is watch what had happened in the in the last campaign. And Richie Sadler, of course, pointed that out to him. He said, "What was the memorable moment from Mick's campaign where he got eight games? It was tennis balls being thrown on in a game against Georgia. Like Ireland produced nothing." Remember, like memorable, just uh, Connor Horahan's free kick, and of course it was a set piece. Do you know, like so, so Maloney pushing that so hard, I just found it very uncomfortable, and I was just thinking the heavens that Richie Sadler was the one there to respond. It's interesting because you wonder just how many people actually think after last night. I think after the first two games, there was a, there was there was a backlash there, and people there were people jumping up and down and saying like hold on a second this isn't going to work last night we saw we saw clear progress from even from the first two games which is grand because we've got two camps um my own sort of very very unscientific litmus test which is um whatsapp group with six or seven of my mates that love football there was a couple of them that were those um fools after the first round of games was like this isn't going to work Stephen Kenny isn't up to it. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. You want M- McCarthy back in? That was that was what was been suggested. And last night it was a general acceptance. I okay, we didn't we didn't actually we didn't win, but actually that that's that's all right. What I saw last night was okay. So you do wonder, like he's putting across this. You know, this is the view of some people, but I wonder because the cranks will always be the loudest. They'll be the ones that have will be on Twitter and other social media putting foisting their opinions on the rest and the reasonable people which will be the consensus won't feel they need to be heard because they'll go actually this is what everybody thinks or most people think well like to me this game was the best was always going to be the best reflection of what Kenny has done and maybe could do like those first two games like he only had a few days with the lads like as in it would be mad to to expect these massive changes like I'd say the first game, he literally only had three or four days. And like half of that would be just, you know, getting to know people on, on a personal level. Like there's no way you could implement a style of play in three or four days. The best manager in the world. Couldn't, like, so this is, now he's had like, I suppose you could call it two camps, maybe one and a half camps for this game. And you could already see changes. So you'd hope maybe it'll go down that path. And after two and a half or three camps, there are even more positive changes. And then if we're willing to give him enough time, in two years' time, we're playing this completely different brand of football, and it's, you know, he's completely silenced all the doubters. Darren Maloney won't be asking these questions about balance and stuff. But isn't it mad that we're talking about doubters? Like, Stephen Kenny has this group of people, as you mentioned, Patty, lying around the island who are, are waiting and willing for him to fail miserably because he suggested that Ireland could play better football and Ireland could get better results. That's his crime. He said that Ireland could be better. And there's people there now thinking, who the fuck does he think he is? He's going to get his comeuppance. It's crazy. Somebody's come along and said, let's be better. And now there's people there wanting him to fail. That is insane. Do they want him to fail? Oh, no, listen, I'm not going to do this. Fuck it. Darren Maloney's already done this. I'm not going there. All right. Okay, look at... Um, before we go, before we go, chaps, it uh, feels like a long run in now to the Euros. 
Um, I saw our former colleague Dion Fanning talking about these all these teams uh, celebrating a tournament that will never happen. <laughs> you you do sort of almost go there, like okay, that maybe that maybe that makes me feel a bit better. Maybe if it doesn't happen, but we do want the Euros to happen, of course. And I know Dion's tongue was firmly in cheek there. Um, Ireland going forward, obviously, we have some great young footballers to come through. Um, but we have we, we're still in transition, I think it's fair to say. We still have we've still got to give Stephen Kenny time. I mean, it's going to be tough to play these. Have we two more fixtures now? Have we got two more Nations League fixtures in the next ten days? I mean, what does Stephen Kenny do in those games? I mean, change the decks, probably clear the decks, and Jack Byrne's going to get games, I'd imagine, and some others. You play Jack Byrne. It's funny though you were talking about your WhatsApp group there because I, immediately I was going to just write it off and then when you gave me the result I wanted I was like no no let's listen to the results of that focus group. That's, uh, that's, uh, now they're talking sense I can take that and present it to people. Alright listen thanks very much to Rudy Kinsella thanks very much to Conan Doherty and uh, thanks very much to yourselves as well for subscribing. If you haven't already done so please do subscribe and you'll never miss a show. We'll be back on the Football Spin the far side of the weekend and we'll talk then. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.